Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Excited to play Missouri. Uh, obviously, we're disappointed we're not going to be bowl eligible, but we have a lot to play for, especially since we're playing our rival and a really, really good football team in Missouri. Deep in the cold, cold ground before I recognize Missouri. Jack Astability, you get Jack Astability. I hate them so much. With John Neighbors and Joe Franklin on 1037 The Buzz. No pain, no victory. Right. And welcome in Out of Bounds here on 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Todd Pierce, and for Joe Franklin today. We broadcast live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It is a Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds. And we're going to talk about what's bothering us in the world of sports. And we want to hear from you, of course. You can call or text in at 501-661-1037. Get after us in the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. After me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And today... We're going to have Chris Kane. He's going to be coming in studio around 1.30. He just got done at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Busy man. Yeah, he's all over the place, which is great because he is a man of all trades, or jack of all trades, if you would. But he's going to come hang out with us for a little bit for some reason. He has nothing better to do with his time, so that's fine. We're going to have some fun with him, and uh, he'll join us in studio at 1.30. And then also at 3 o'clock, Josh Braun, the Razorback offensive lineman, will be joining us as uh, we thank, of course, Matt Black Allstate Insurance for making that possible each and every week. I guess this is the second, second to last one we'll have with Josh. Because then next week, since they're not going to a bowl game, going to just be a, a recap and a look ahead toward the future. So second to last time with Josh Braun. And we'll get to his thoughts and opinions not only of the FIU game, but also ahead to the Missouri game. And also the fact that Sam Pittman is returning as the Razorback head football coach, too. I've had a chance to listen to a couple of your interviews with him. I've come away very impressed. He's very well-spoken. Uh, and always seems to have a little bit of insight that you don't get anywhere else. So I've been impressed. I have, too. I mean, he has been awesome to talk to, and it sounds bad, but the thing I've been most impressed by Josh Braun is that he's on time every single time, every single day. Hey, that's, I mean, that that's great for something. Yeah, that's great, because I know that me as a college kid, absolutely not. Like, I didn't even show up to class. I wouldn't show up to much less anything else. But it's been good to talk with him and to catch up with him and to, uh, for have him being a park, because I know it's not been an easy thing to do to talk about this season and all the stuff that's come along with it. But overall, I've been uh, just over impressed with him. So we look forward to catching up with him and, of course, hearing from all of you, which you can call or text in at 501-661-1037. You can get after us in the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And I know there's going to be a lot of things to discuss today, because uh, obviously we are going to give the latest up-to-date info on all things going on into heading into the Thanksgiving football season, as I like to call it, because it's its own season, really. You talk about the yeah, rivalry week, which is so much fun in college football. Egg Bowl Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, you got that, and then, of course, the NFL games that you have on, uh, on Thursday day and night that will be going on. And a lot of people are going to be traveling around, and hopefully everybody has a safe trip wherever they end up going. But uh, I do want to say, though, that looking ahead, and we'll talk more about this with Chris Kane uh, here in just a little bit, too, when he arrives. But looking ahead to the whole Razorback-Missouri game, and knowing that this is it's, it's over with as far as any postseason aspirations, Arkansas is not going to a bowl game. And we all understand that. We all know that. And some people are probably going to try to make this game into saying, oh, well, this is the bowl game that Arkansas is going to play in, which there's some, something to be said for that. You know, you can't have any sort of postseason, but if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, maybe you can have a chance to keep Missouri out from a New Year's Six Bowl because that's what they're scheduled to go into if they beat Arkansas. That'll get them a 10-2 season, which is just really frustrating if you're a Razorback fan or just a fan in general of, uh, anybody that's not Missouri, but they've had a good year. And so they got to go in with the, uh, the right mentality and get ready for a, a good team in Missouri coming into Fayetteville. I'll be curious to see what the crowd looks like. I know that there's been some people saying, oh, well, you know, there's this thing going around that Missouri fans are going to stripe out Razorback Stadium because there's going to be so many Missouri fans coming down. I was like, okay, but I doubt there's going to be that many. I wouldn't like, think there'd be that many. 
I mean, there'll be a good amount, I'm sure, because, sure. you know, it's a Friday after Thanksgiving and whatnot, but... Tickets are too easy to come by. Yes, they are. They're extremely cheap. They're extremely cheap at this point. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to stripe out the stadium or no. anything like that, but uh, students will not be there for the most part, as they're going to be traveling for Thanksgiving. So the crowd is not going to be something that you can just say is going to be an electric atmosphere one way or the other. But it's still a game, though, that Arkansas has at least beaten Missouri in the one time they've played in Fayetteville when Sam Pittman's been the head coach. A couple years ago, they were able to get to the battle line trophy, if you will. And for whatever that's worth, it is a trophy game, whether you like it or not. Sure. It is a trophy game. It is a rivalry game by the standards that's been set by college football. Maybe not by your standards, but by the standards of college football. And I started like looking into it, and I guess it was probably part of my Trigger Tuesday, and looking at Missouri, because I've had people ask me with my... Because I make it very evident of which people or teams that I don't like and I don't respect. And some of them may be surprising to people that I don't care one way or the other. Like there's people that have said like, why don't you hate like LSU as much as you do other teams? I actually don't hate LSU as much as other teams. Like I don't like them, but I don't hate them. I don't, there's a lot of other teams I hate more. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes to like Ole Miss, for instance, I hated Ole Miss a lot more when like Houston, Nutt was the coach there. And I didn't really care for Hugh Freeze either. And I don't necessarily care for Lane Kiffin, but I don't, it's not that it's just not the Ole Miss in its entirety that I hate. It's more of just who the coach is there and everything. And that's kind of been the same way with Missouri, where I don't hate certain teams for longevity. It's not like, okay, no matter what, unless you're like Ohio State. I don't like Ohio State no matter who's the coach there, or Texas, whoever the coach is there. But in Missouri, it's really just been since Eli Drinkwitz has taken over as the head coach that I have just... Like I didn't care about him before, but they have made he's made it really easy to not like him and to not like their team. Some of the things he tends to do on the sidelines, sometimes some of the comments he'll make during the week of a game or even in a post game interview. I mean, yeah. he does kind of shoot himself in the foot as far as public perception goes at times. So it's easy to see why there's some of that heat directed in, in his direction. Um, I would tend to agree with you. I'm not the biggest Eli Drinkwitz fan out there either. I respect Missouri as a team. I respect what they've done since they've come to the SEC. I mean, they've had uh, a considerable amount of success in the time that they've been in the SEC, whether it be with Drinkwitz or with Gary Pinkle or whoever. Right. Um, so I respect them as a team. I don't necessarily know that I can put respect on Eli Drinkwitz's name, though. <laughs> yeah, see, I, that's and that's where I'm at with the with the way that because here's what what bothers me. I think about him more so than anything is that when they played Florida and the Dan Mullen situation happened, where uh, there was a fight that broke out towards the end of the game, and it was kind of this really horrible ending to a game. And then in the press conference afterwards, Dan Mullen's dressed up as Darth Vader because it was Halloween. And so that was, he was going to do that no matter what. And that was during Zoom meetings when, you know, you couldn't actually have uh, in-person meetings uh, with press conferences and whatnot. And I remember, as you probably heard in the intro clip there, it was about Eli Drinkwitz saying, well, you know, uh, you reap what you sow. And uh, if you sow jackassery, you're a jackass kind of, kind of thing, talking about Dan Mullen. So I didn't really care for that. And then also I didn't care for what he did against Tennessee and Josh Heupel. This was the last week when... It's like he goes and shakes the hand of Josh Heupel, but he like shakes it really quick and says, we stand on business, Josh, and then boom, he runs away. It's like, you, you're going to talk all this trash after you win. You don't do it leading up to it after you win, and then when you talk it, you're always doing it from far away or you end up running away. Like I, I just don't respect somebody like that, and that's my issue with Drinkwitz. That has nothing to do with him as a coach. He's obviously doing something right as a head coach. Uh, this is the first year he's going to have a winning record because the other three years, I guess, he always had a losing record. Uh, going six and six, six and six, but then with the bowl losses, six and seven, and you got to give them a lot of credit. They're a really good team. It's just a matter of you know looking into this game. If you're Arkansas, you want to spoil it a little bit for them. You want to take them down because they you felt like they kind of did that to you a year ago. Not saying that that's the game that made or break broke the season, but you were a better team than them and you just lost. And it's the same thing even back in 2016. If you want to look at the beginning of the end of the Brett Bielma era. It started when you went on the road to take on a Missouri team that was 0-7 in SEC play, and you had a huge lead in the game, and you blew it. And that was their first SEC win, was that game. So, you would like to play a little bit of spoiler. I'm still not going to say and sit here that, oh man, this is a major rivalry, 
and this is this is turning into a rivalry like so many people feel like it, it's almost I feel like it's turning into a rivalry because people want it so much that it almost forces people's hands sure and, and I feel like that's the kind of it's like it's not a rivalry in, in having games of circumstance because there hasn't really been a game of circumstance as far as like impacting and what happens afterwards there hasn't really been anything like that and really the only competitive game I can think of was in Missouri a couple of years ago what, the year that KJ was subbing for Felipe Franks. Yeah, that was uh, the one that Arkansas should have won that one because uh, they went for two instead of just go tying it up, and they got it because Mike Woods caught the ball on a deflection. I think there was a minute and a half left, but then Missouri went down and kicked a field goal. Yep. But yeah, but even last year's game was competitive. I think it was a two point victory for Missouri. Like that, yeah, so yeah. it's one it's one possession as we all know because that's what Arkansas does. They lose one possession games. So you know, again, there there'll be some consequences I'm sure to this and some impacts to this game no matter what. But the thing is, is that I look at it as, as just a simple, hey, let's, it, it, with all the stuff that's happened with Sam Pittman and him staying as coach, we all know that's the case. He's staying on. You've got to move forward and everything. This could be a nice little goodwill thing to get Razorback fans to say, all right, for, for those of you who are mad and frustrated that Sam Pittman's the coach, you don't think he should be the coach, you wish you could move on, you wanted him fired, which we took calls for about an hour and a half yesterday just straight of people either being extremely upset or being extremely happy that he's back. Everyone's got in their own opinion on it. But this would be a nice way to be able to have some sort of good grace thrown to some of those Razorback fans' way that are not too sure about Sam Pittman, to be able to say, hey, you, you may not like what the future holds, you may not like him as a coach or whatever, but since he's the guy, this can at least give you a little bit of a decent taste in your mouth at the end of the season. Because if you end by losing to Missouri and going 4-8, and 1-7 in conference, no one is feeling good heading into the offseason. I mean, you may not either anyways, but at least if you had that opportunity to beat Missouri at home, uh, keep them out of a New Year's Six Bowl, and at least have some energy behind it heading into the offseason, I think that would help a lot of people. I'm not trying to compare it to it, because I think it is different, because one was a first-year coach and the other one was a fourth-year coach, but it could give you the vibes of a little bit of what Arkansas did with Bobby Petrino in his first year where sure. he was 4-7 and seven heading into the LSU game in, in Little Rock. They ended up winning on the Miracle on Markham Part 2. Didn't go to a bowl game, but at least gave people a little bit of a better feeling heading into the offseason than what it was before. Nothing wrong with having a little momentum going into your offseason program and something to, to build upon. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's about. It's about building upon things that are put forth in front of you. And so Arkansas can do that right now. I'm not expecting them to blow Missouri out. I'm not even going to pick Arkansas to win this game. But it would just be something that could give you a little bit, just a little bit, of a good feeling and a good vibe heading into this offseason. And it's going to be a wild one right now. Because even though Sam Pittman's still the coach, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. We don't know who the offensive staff is going to be. We don't even have a guarantee of who the quarterback's going to be. It could be K.J. Jefferson. It could be Jacoby Criswell. It could be somebody completely different. So there's that element that where we just don't know. A lot of things that we don't know. And so that's what's going to make this offseason so crazy. And even with the clip that you just heard from Sam Pittman, and I know we'll dive into it a little bit more about the NIL, which continues to be a topic of conversation. With the NIL, supposedly, now Sam Pittman's good with it and feels like they have enough of the funding that they need to put together a great team or at least to hit to the portal and all that. That's great, but... What's that going to look like? They already got a good offensive lineman, uh, one of the, I guess, the top-rated JUCO offensive linemen in the country from yesterday, as we talked about. That's great. It's a good start. But, you know, how much are you going to emphasize on that? How much are you going to emphasize in the high school recruiting game? Or how much are you going to balance it out? Who's going to be transferring out? Is there any players of significance that are going to be transferring out? Or is it just going to be backups? Like, I, There's a lot of questions that still can happen this offseason, I know. We'll get into as the show goes on, but let's go ahead and uh, go to the phone lines here early and got Jack, who's in BB. What's up, Jack? Well, I was uh, wanting to voice my opinion on uh, the Missouri topic that yeah. you are, we're touching on. I, I've never understood. Uh, we've got better facilities. Uh, obviously, I think we've got you know uh, as a, as a program, I think we're uh, we're better off financially than the University of Missouri. Uh, we've got a nicer stadium. I'm, I'm taking the, the uh, facilities are nicer. Uh, you know, how can they go out-recruit us? It seems like, uh, you know, year in and year out for the most part. And, uh, you know, come up with players. I mean, last year we, you know, 
uh, they've they've got defensive linemen that you know just uh, you know made our offensive linemen. They just punked them last year, and uh, I, I I'm yet to figure out. I mean, Drinkowitz isn't that uh, doesn't have that much charisma, and uh, you know I wouldn't think they have any more NIL money than we do, and so. Uh, my question is, you know, how is he doing it? How is he bringing these players in that uh, uh, that we're not getting? And uh, I'll let you touch on that, and uh, we'll just go from there then. All right. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, Jack. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I you know I think that it's a great example of sometimes you just have – let's, let's be honest about it. This is the first year under Drinkwitz that Missouri's actually been relevant. You know, like they went 6-7 and seven last year, 6-7 and seven before that – and really, besides those two years that, uh, uh, of course, it just lost his name, uh, Drinkle, uh, Pinkle, yeah, him. He was the guy that had back-to-back years, SEC East Division champs. But those are the years that's like, yeah, they had success, but all the other years besides that, they've been average to below average. Like, Barry Odom got fired because, you know, he didn't have really any great season. I think he went 8-4 and four maybe one year. So I think that this year's just when you put it all together, which sometimes it happens. You, you get a good evaluation of talent. I think some guys just step into the, to the roles in the right way, and you get a schedule that works in your favor a little bit, and the ball bounces your way a lot. I get sometimes stars just align that way, and that's what has happened for Missouri. I'm not taking anything away from them, but certainly as a Razorback fan, you feel like, uh, yes, you do 100% have more funding. You do 100% have more NIL. You do 100% have so much more to offer than what uh, Missouri would as far as the amenities surrounding the program. But you got to get the right people in place as far as coaches go, and you got to get uh, the right players in place as far as the roster goes, and that's the case. And sometimes personalities just mesh well too. I For mean, sure. Um, you know, a, a certain player could understand a, a certain coach better in one regard than in another, and if they're at a school that maybe the player wasn't considering, then the facilities don't matter. The right. curriculum might matter a little bit. But if I'm a player and you're a coach and I understand what you're trying to tell me more than Coach X is trying to tell me, yep. that's where I'm going. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Chris is on the line. What's up? I guess Chris is not on the line, so we'll we'll keep it moving. Sun Structural Solutions text line, though, do have uh, a lot of people chiming in on here. 501 says, there's nothing on this planet that I hate more than LSU and they're scumbag fans and I'll never change. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. Uh, 870 says, I think this year could be the year that we really kick off the Missouri rivalry if we beat them this week and ruin their bowl hope. It could start the rivalry. Plus, Eli is such a nerd, he's easy to hate. And that's kind of how I am, too. He's a pretty easy guy to hate. I agree there. And uh, 501 says he's the human version of a small barking dog, annoying as hell, and he's a little pest. I think that's the case, too. And also, 870 says it's called coaching. Yes, it is. That's yep. what we just said. Yeah, it's okay. Got a lot of coaching getting involved there. Before we take a break, uh, let's go to Brent, who's in Stuttgart. What's up, Brent? What's up, John? Uh, first of all, I hope you have a happy, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, you and Joe. And who's there with you today? Right, that answered the phone. That's Todd Pierce. Uh, Todd, happy. Th- I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving too. Thank you, sir. Uh, John, I just made a made an assumption. I just made a decision last night. I'm over what's happened this year. Uh, I'm ready for the Missouri game, ready for basketball, ready for baseball. And when football comes around in spring uh, for spring practice, I'll be ready for it again. So I'm over all my negative, <laughs> negative thoughts right now, John. Well, I like I'm to in hear the that. Holiday spirit. I'm, I'm in the holiday spirit. Just, uh, But I can make you a promise, John Neighbors. Okay. Next year in the football season, you're sitting with me down there in the touchdown club. One game. That sounds good, Brent. I uh, will make a deal out of it. I'll be there. All right. All right. But uh, I am over negative. I am over negative thoughts. Now I'm ready for the basketball game. Who's calling the game with uh, Z tomorrow night? Do you know? I actually do not know. Uh, I have no idea who would be doing it. Because um, I don't think Phil Elson, because he does women's basketball, so I don't know. Right, and the him. women have their own tournament to deal with. Yeah, I'll find out for you, Brent, and I'll relay the message. All right, thank you. All right, appreciate it, Brent. Thanks for calling in. All right, so let's get Savage in real quick, too. What's up, Savage? What's up, fellas? You know, John, look at these games coming up, like the Duke game. I don't know what season ticket holders pay, but who, who's putting the price on these games? Because the Duke game goes from all the way from 1500 to 2500 a ticket. Who's setting these prices? 
Well, I think a lot of them is doing. You talking about from like the third party sites, like Vivid Seats and Seat Geek and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, where, where they come up with these? I know it's supply and demand, it's sold out and all that. And the, but what's who's coming up with these prices? I mean, that's kind of price gouging to me. I mean, it's, oh, it's one hundred percent astronomical. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty annoying too, and that's why I always encourage people that if they ever want tickets to like a Razorback event, always go through the university themselves first, unless they're sold out. And if they're sold out, uh, it seems like every time you get closer to the game, prices always drop. So. Right. Yeah, it, it comes up with just the people who are like, oh, I have these tickets, and oh, it's going to be a big event, so oh, I'm going to start really high on these prices, and if no one buys them, then I'll just lower them slowly and surely until I get the most money out of them. That's my assumption of what happens. Man, it's just, it's crazy if you look at the ticket prices that are going right now. Oh, I know. It's, it's insane. I mean, well, anyway, I was just curious on that, John. Mm-hmm. Have a good one. All right, I appreciate it, Savage. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, that's going to be coming up. It's amazing. Next Wednesday, week from tomorrow, Arkansas on Duke in Bud Walton Arena and basketball, men's basketball. It's going to be exciting to see, exciting to see how it all goes down. And we're going to keep it moving here on a Trigger Tuesday. So if you want in on the conversation, 501-661-1037 is that number to call or text in. As we'll get to more of your phone calls and messages, we'll also talk about Sam Pittman's comments on the NIL. Coming up next, you're on Out of Bounds. Stay with us. Fence Brokers presents Razorback Graffiti every Monday morning. Call Morning Mayhem and let them know how you feel about how they did. One sentence and one sentence only. Sports Center. The Thanksgiving week in pro and college football got started last night with a Super Bowl rematch as the Philadelphia Eagles go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs 21-17. The Eagles improved to 9-1 overall. The Chiefs dropped to 7-3. Kansas City had a 10-point advantage in the half. The Eagles erased that, outscoring Kansas City 14-0 in the second frame of the game. Jalen Hurts was 14-22 for for 150 yards, but he ran for two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift also found the end zone as well. Tonight, the week in college football begins as there is Maction on a Tuesday. First at 6 o'clock on ESPNU, Bowling Green looks to get to 7-5 and five against Western Michigan. Then at 6.30 on ESPN2, Eastern Michigan looks to become bowl eligible as they take on Buffalo. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. It's Houston Nut, Wednesdays on Morning Mayhem, presented by Reed's Metals of Ben. This holiday season, Reed's Metals is donating a new metal roof to a neighbor in need as part of their Covering the Community program. If you know someone in need of a new roof, nominate them online at reedsmetals.com backslash giving dash back. Nominations accepted through November 22nd. Is your beard the envy of men everywhere? Prove it. Arkansas Urology and 103.7 The Buzz want to celebrate your locks and honor No Shave November and celebrate men's health with the Beard Bracket Challenge presented by Arvest Bank. Visit ArkansasUrology.com to submit your bearded photo from now until November the 26th for a chance to win a flat screen TV. We'll post all the beard photos on Facebook and whichever photo gets the most likes will win. Submit yours today at ArkansasUrology.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 659 8080. That's 1 800 659 8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 659 8080. That's 1 800 659 8080. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. 
Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Marmel is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumel at their huge new showroom on Maumel Boulevard just off 430. Injured? There's only one number you need to know. Dial 8. 888-8888. At Rainwater Holton Sexton, no case is too big and no insurance company too strong. Just dial 8. 888-8888. We are battle-tested big case injury lawyers who've recovered millions for our clients. Just dial 8. 888-8888. Been in a wreck? Anywhere in the state, just dial 8-888-8888. Responsible attorneys, Michael Rainwater and Bob Sexton. Mow, dig, haul, lift. The versatile Kubota BX Series subcompact tractor does it all. Switching attachments is simple, and a smooth hydrostatic transmission makes for easy operation. The Kubota BX Series, rated number one in durability and owner experience. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. River Valley Tractor, closer than you think. Guadney Chevrolet is Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. They've been in business 60-plus years with an award-winning sales and service staff. Give them a call at 501-982-2102 or shop them online at GuadneyChevrolet.com. At GuadneyChevrolet.com, you can check out their inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles. You can even appraise a vehicle on GuadneyChevrolet.com. See just how much your vehicle is worth. Guadney Chevrolet is given thousands over book value on trade-ins, and also you can sell a vehicle to Guadney Chevrolet. Check out the new Suburbans and Tahoes, along with Silverado, Blazer, Equinox, and my favorite, Malibu. Guadney Chevrolet also has convenient Saturday service hours from 7 a.m. till noon. So if you need to get a vehicle service, contact Guadney Chevrolet for that as well. Guadney Chevrolet is located off the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. It's Guadney Chevrolet, Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. Guadney Chevrolet, GuadneyChevrolet.com. Same great deals, all new location for Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock at 3901 JFK Boulevard. Call them today at 501-758-7700 for all their specials at Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. I gotta ask because I've always wondered why did that happen in Fayetteville, Arkansas? What what took you there? It's just visiting, so weird. It's visiting just, friends, uh, okay. but yeah, Dixon Street. Dixon Street. <laughs> yeah, Dixon yeah. Street was. Uh, it'll get you on 103.7 The Buzz. Today I don't feel like doing anything. I just wanna lay in my bed. It is out of bounds here on a Trigger Tuesday. John Neighbors, Todd Pierce, filling in for Joe Franklin, and also here in studio, it's Chris Kane. Oh, let me get your mic right. Here we go. Sorry about that. You three, just, number three. Yeah. Okay, technical issue. I know. It's like, well, you wouldn't know anything about that, right? No, not totally not. not. Totally not. Yeah. Nothing at all. That's what I want to do today, and that's what I know about. Nothing mm. at all. See, I have an excuse though, because I never have anyone in the studio with me. Really? So yeah, ever. Oh just yeah, chosen. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. yeah. So now, what is it? It's a little weird. Is it weird having someone in the studio? Is it, it throwing, smells you, throwing you off a little bit. Yeah. Smell, mm-hmm. yeah. Smells different. I smells mean, different. Come on. So I'm talking I about the musk. Today. Something about the musk. Shower today. I mean, I was just at Touchdown Club. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, how was it? Uh, David Cutcliffe today. A just a wealth of Southern football knowledge, and obviously his well-known connections to the Manning family are, are fascinating. Um, you know, he had. Some some interesting takes on the current world of college football. He was one of those coaches who kind of got out yeah. right as the the shift began to really take hold in terms of NIL and transfer hmm. portal. Yep. Um, so I think he he's probably thinking, you know what, I got in college football at the right time and out at the right time. It certainly means it certainly seems that's the case. And so I actually wanted to play this clip because this is something we're going. I'm not even introducing you correctly because I'm just going to dive right into it because we got a lot of stuff to get into. But you know, yesterday Sam Pittman meeting with the media. I was asked about the situation with Hunter Gurchett coming in after the game, saying that he's going to be the coach the next year. And he had an interesting comment towards the end of this statement. 
and it got people talking about NIL. Well, I think it's really big because, you know, we're getting a lot of negative um, uh, from from coaches, you know, uh, in recruiting. And, you know, I'll say this. I think uh, when you sign up for the SEC, you have to win. I mean, and it, it's here, uh, A&M, Mississippi State, wherever, Alabama, wherever, you got to win. And uh, if you don't, there's opportunities for you to be unemployed. You know, and that's just how it is, and that's what we sign up for. Uh, so uh, I look at this as as an opportunity for us to change our team, keep the ones, you know, that are good players for us and good kids and change our team, give us a chance to do that. And and I think financially we're going to have the the money from the NIL to do that. And uh, I think if – when when all that happens, I think we can field a really, really good football team. And uh, I'm excited about, obviously, Saturday, but I'm really excited about the future. So forget all the other stuff of what he said for the first, like, 50 seconds of that clip. He goes into NIL, <laughs> and he brings up, I think we're going to have the funding via NIL to put together a new team or to get some guys. We're just a week ago. He, I won't say he was complaining about NIL, but he was certainly using it as something that was like, ah, you know, we could always do better in this. We we need this. But then a week later, it's like, oh, no, we got it. Wasn't there a event up there for NIL? Maybe the final numbers came in. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I think that, um, you know, as much as people, I think, are painting the decision to keep him as emotional because of his character, I think it's really more financial. I think mm-hmm. it's being paraded more as an emotional... And look, I don't doubt that Hunter Juracek loves Sam Pittman and loves all that he stands for in his character, but I think when you when you look past that, you go, well, it was more of a financial decision to hold on to him. You're saving roughly $20 million in buyouts between him and his assistant coaches, and if you're able to put half of that, yeah. just half of that, towards a new offensive coordinator, potentially offensive staff... right. And then some players to come in through NIL money. I mean, financially, it makes more sense to do that. And that's just, to me, I think that that, those two things are kind of being, it can be both. But I think the scale is more tipped on the economic side of the reasons for keeping him than the emotional. Because I also think, to your point, that with Sam Pittman has a likability factor to him where the players do love him, it seems. The players love playing for him, it does seem. Now, he does have some issues as a head coach and some rightful and justifiable criticisms towards him. But maybe this being a big portal season, and we saw how he did, I believe, a good job with hiring the defensive staff after having to replace him. Maybe he can do the same with offense, and maybe he can get some portal guys immediately to be brought in. And you mentioned the financial part of it, too. I think it's also a change. I think that something's changing. Maybe not necessarily the the amount of money that's coming in because I'm telling you right now. The money's been there for the U of A. Like I talked about this yesterday. I know for a fact. The money's there. Arkansas's top 5 in the SEC and NIL. Like plain and simple. But I think it's the way it's going to be handled and the way it's going to be formatted and the sports that it's going to be going towards is changing. That's kind of my theory behind it where a lot of it may have gone to Baseball, softball, volleyball, you know, whatever, still will have it, but maybe just redirected hmm. in certain cases towards football. Because if you think about a lot of these big schools that obviously have really good NIL, like Georgia, I guarantee you has really good NIL in football. But that's pretty much all they go into is football. A&M kind of the same thing. It's football. Like, that is it. And so there are some t- schools that are that way. Arkansas has been really good at spreading out the love. So I think that they're going to try to mix things up a little bit and try to get more of the percentages towards football more so than just getting more money itself, if that well, makes like sense. Well, like any business, right? If you have different sectors of your business, which would be the different sports of the athletic department, if one is struggling, mm-hmm. then you could potentially allocate more funding to that struggling sector to improve personnel, logistics, whatever it may be. So it makes sense if you've got you know, a, essentially a budget of a certain amount for your funding coming in for NIL and one section is struggling way more than the others. Yes. Because that's the difference. I mean, it, basketball, thriving. Baseball, thriving. Softball, seemingly thriving. You know, Every certain, sport, Every thriving. other sport, except 
arguably the mo- not arguably absolutely the most important one financially to support the other sports is football. Yeah. So if it's struggling, then yeah, maybe they not maybe they absolutely need to take a deep look at how they can allocate more funding and get some better players. And Coach Pittman, you know, he talked about right there. Hey, look, we'll keep keep the guys who are able to help us and find yep. some guys in terms of changing things up and. It's good that he's acknowledging that, but you're right. the 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 shift in just a week from, yeah, I just I don't know about that to, oh no, we got it. <laughs> we're good. We were yeah. We 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 just figured it out. We uh some uh, Jerry over here just didn't you know add the numbers in for, uh, correctly. Clearly, some assurances were made in that conversation with Urichek and whoever else yeah. was involved in the NIL funding program to to get that kind of confidence to say it publicly. Yeah, because I think my again opinion on this is when you're Sam Pittman and you come out and say that, people are going to use that against you in recruiting because everybody's like, see, look at what he said. He said that they're, they need more. Well, apparently they're struggling with it. So we're not struggling with it over here. So well, come on over here. Here's the other thing, too. And you said ignore the first 50 seconds, but I think in the first 50 seconds it was, a, it was interesting for him to throw out, hey, it's hurting us in recruiting, people talking about the coaching staff getting fired. True. Sure. But that's part of recruiting. Yeah. And don't put yourself in a position for that to even fester. Yep. And that's the position that, unfortunately, they found themselves in. So fight your way out of it. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to stop that kind of conversation from happening when you have the season that you just had. And yep. that's – you can say all you want about it, but really bringing that up, I think, just brings it more to light. And, you know, I, I do think that talking about having the NIL money, someone might have also told him, hey, uh, maybe don't go out there and say that we're poor. Yeah. Because we're not. Mm-hmm. So go out there and talk with confidence. No, we've got the money. You're messaging. You're part of the platform to message to recruits. You need to go out there and say, hey, we need help. If you say, hey, we need help with NIL money, if I'm a recruit and I'm listening to that, I'm like, they don't even have money for me over there. Yeah. But all of a sudden, if you come out and say, oh, no, we got it. Come on. You're, we're ready for you. At least create a, a, you know, a culture of NIL positivity when you're on the platform to discuss it. It's a PR move. And, and, it's, and it's supposed to be. And it should be. And it should always remain that way. But, again, I, I have my theories that just come in through my head, and I don't think that they're any sort of conspiracies. I think that there's some logic behind it, but it could also be one of these things of seeing the team, because we talked about it yesterday. The NIL was not the reason this team is 4-8, and eight, or going to be 4-8. and eight. It, it, NIL was not the problem. The problem was coaching. You, you just didn't do a good enough job as coaches, because you have the talent to go 7-8 wins this year. I believe that. Now, the offensive line, we know. But I, I, is that an NIL issue, or is that more of a bad evaluation? I think it could have been a little bit of both, but still, well, I think it's, it's good enough. Certainly, some evaluation misses. Absolutely, yes. That's that. No matter what NIL says, yeah. that was a problem. That was a problem. Yeah. Well, and look, what kind of depth did they recruit that position? Mm-hmm. You go back and look. It's it's in the rankings. Yes. And you can develop some, but if you're not bringing in four and five star talent like they were doing, and that's what Sam and Brett Bielema were doing, they were mm-hmm. bringing in four and five star offensive line talent and then they stopped doing well the sam left and brett stopped doing that right and we all saw what happened mm-hmm. problematic sam kind of fell into that same path of started great early and then tailed off and i don't know why that keeps happening i don't either especially at that position group yeah yes especially that position group yeah but i could totally see it to where it was one of these things where um check was kind of come and say okay so how are we going to fix this you know, if you're going to be our guy, what's your plan going for? Because we know your check has done that with coaches before. He's on the hot seat. He's like, we need to know what your plan is moving forward. If we're going to keep you on. He did that with Mike Anderson. He didn't like what the plan was. They made a move. What's your plan? And I could see Pittman doing a little bit of deflection and not blaming him for doing it, saying, you know, it's just these things happen, but, you know, we got to we got to get some guys. You know, we got to get some guys. We, we can fix this. It's an easy fix. Like, we just got to we got to hammer this NIL. We got to get these guys. And it's almost like your chick's like, okay, we're going to make sure that we do that. But you have to come through. You have to do your part. Well, what did they do the day after the announcement was made? Got the one of the top yep. JUCO offensive tackles in the nation. Which is huge. So if you're Hunter, you got to feel like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, that's a good start. Now, right. keep, now content, that can't be your only one. Right. You have but, to do it more. But to me, that was the most important thing. And, and if, you know, Sam Pittman, I hope he is looking at the portal. I understand developing high school talent. There's still a need for that. But he's living on 
next year is is now been promised. Yep. Not a single day after that is. Yeah. So you better figure out. And I'm sorry, but bringing in a top notch high school recruiting class is not going to make an immediate impact next year. It's got to come through the portal in JUCO. Yeah. That's why I don't even care what their por- uh, their high school ranking is next year. Like I do not, not care. Next year. Yeah. yeah. I just like do whatever you need to do in the portal. Get the people in here on campus. And, get a, of course, offensive staff is going to be important, too, on who they bring in and how they hire it. But you cannot have what you had the past two seasons happen again. And NIL is not an excuse. you got to do the things as coaches to make this team be successful. You didn't do it this year. You didn't do it last year. There's no excuses this time around. They're going to give you all that you need. It's up to you to make it successful, and it's up to you to provide some hope. But we'll continue to talk about that here on our Trigger Tuesday on Out of Bounds. When we come back, we'll get to more of your phone calls and your messages. And we'll also get in what's trending in the world of sports. It's all coming up next, so stay with us. Walk On Sports Bistro puts everything into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Walk On's is always a win. Whether it's for a post-game celebration, drinks with the crew, or an easy weeknight dinner, Walk On's has it covered. Scratch-made dishes, wall-to-wall TVs, craft beers, and cocktails. Dig into mouth-watering menu items like po' boys, gumbo, and voodoo shrimp. Plus, fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. Now open in Little Rock. Walk On Sports Bistro for the win. At Red River Ram Jeep, we're taking $10,000 off Ram HD trucks, all brand new 23 models. And we're taking $10,000 off 23 Jeep Gladiators. And we're taking up to 20% off on all 23 model Renegades in stock. Some people are saying, I gave too much for my vehicle two years ago. Well, we gave too much for these vehicles right now. That's why they're $10,000 off. Check us out at RedRiverRam.com for Arkansas's largest inventory during the Black Friday sales event. This is a test of the emergency activation system. This is only a test. Save $20 on a five-gallon pail of HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams All-Purpose Power Primer. Plus, MVP's members earn three times the bonus points on DeWalt and HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams products. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. While supplies last, selection varies by location. Bonus points calculated before tax and fees after applicable discounts of any value to 1122, subject to change. Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue. Introducing new hands-free Skechers slip-ins. Footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on. You don't need to bend over. You don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on. And they're available in all types of Skechers styles with and without laces. And most are machine washable. Find Skechers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. The season of giving is here. Luckily, Santa has a new tool this year. From John Deere Apparel, toys, tools, and more. GoGreenway.com has something green for everyone under the tree. No sled needed. Our elves will ship these gifts directly to your door. Cross off your Christmas list today at GoGreenway.com. Greenway Equipment wishes you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's Lazy Boy's Black Friday Sale. Enjoy after Christmas relaxation with huge before Christmas savings. Doorbuster Special saving you as much as 50% off on select final markdowns. At these prices, everyone will have a comfy spot to enjoy all those leftovers. Plus, no interest financing for 60 months. Buy now, relax later with Lazy Boy's biggest sale of the year. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor shackle for galleries of Little Rock. Long live the Lazy. Struggling with a gambling problem? The cost may vary by individuals throughout the year and it affects the family during the holidays. Concerned about your own or someone else's gambling addiction and would like free help? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Arkansas Problem Gambling. 
Willie D's Rock and Roll Piano Bar open every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Cold drinks and dueling pianos. Deep nightclub downstairs hosts karaoke on Tuesdays. And DJs spin on Friday and Saturday nights. Visit WillieD'sPianoBar.com. Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Dean's going to throw and it's intercepted at the 15. Spence has picked it off and he's going to go the distance. 50, 40, 30, 20. Brad Spence to the house and intercepts in return for a score 85 yards in his first game as a Razorback. How about that? On 1037 The Buzz. No sleep till! Out of bounds here on a Trigger Tuesday, which we'll talk about what's bothering us in the world of sports in the next hour. Also a reminder that we have Josh Braun, thanks to Matt Black Allstate Insurance, joining us in the 3 o'clock hour. John Neighbors, Chris Kane, Todd Pierce on the Hogsmeade Market Studios as Chris Kane's wearing a blazer and a nice shirt. I am wearing a black T-shirt and looks like I got out of bed. So, oh, What are you wearing this morning? A little, oh, nice little quarter zip. It's a good day for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He's rocking it. Yes. Yeah. I'm just only wearing, I'm only wearing this because Touchdown Club. Yeah. You sure? I just feel like that's what your no, that's what no, your no, no. go to outfit last is. Last one of dressed like he's running for state office. No, don't, oof, don't put that evil on me. Yeah, no, no. uh uh-uh. <laughs> It looked like you're about to to sell me something. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. that's the way for it. But. Yeah, we talked about solar yet. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about your 401k? There you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, but we have some people that uh, are on the phone line, so we'll try to work through some of these as quickly as possible. Let's start with uh, Jordan. What's up, Jordan? Yeah, I've been listening to you on YouTube and on the radio for a while now, and I just kind of wondered what y'all's thoughts were because I haven't had anybody speak on it. Uh, KJ just hasn't seemed as aggressive uh, this year under uh, the OC we've had, Enos uh, versus Brawls. Didn't seem like he you know, felt comfortable with play calling, and uh, just also kind of wondered what your uh, thoughts on the options for our next OC would be. All right. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. Appreciate it, Jordan. Um, you know, as far as the OC goes, man, that's like one of those things where I just I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I can tell you the type of offensive coordinator I'd like to see, just because I'm not saying that the Kendall Bryles offense is the only one that you can run, but I want to see up tempo. I, I want to see something similar to where it's you know putting defenses on their heels a little bit. Uh, you know, try to have big play explosiveness. No, things like that that's just what Arkansas, at least over the past few years, has had so much success offensively in, in this modern day. Here's what, I, here's what I would say. I, I heard this all in the offseason, and you start thinking about, you know, oh, well, want to switch to more pro style, more pro style. You right. Know? It's like, why? This is college football. Yes. Why do you want to switch to something that is not the same level? No. no. Go with what works at your level in college. Up-tempo right now, mm-hmm. working quite a bit. Outside, I mean, look, what's really working the best talent. Yes. I mean, you, that's, that's I mean, you can run the triple option to. at Georgia yeah, and still say, win you games. You go to Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, and, and some of those teams, it's the best talent. Yes. But you start looking at successful offensive programs, and they're not running a traditional pro-style offense in terms of statistically successful offensive teams and programs right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think you go for someone that fits your personnel better. Instead yeah. of yeah, I That'd mean, be nice. that's what a concept. I know um, craziness, but personnel could change pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and I think that's something to be mindful of with the portal and and how Sam Pittman's already attacked it with that offensive line commit out of JUCO. Get some people to fit your personnel, but I would definitely go with a more if if KJ is the somehow going to stay right is the question, but again, that's a big if, big if. 
So I don't know. I mean, I hear Cliff Kingsbury's name brought up. And <laughs> he's going to be kind of a darling of the off season. Oh yeah, um, John Gruden. No, I, well, here's the thing. I, John Gruden's never going to happen. But no, I think I don't think Kingsbury is that far fetched. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got back into coaching. Like, not just an offensive analyst, but, I mean, true right. coaching. like head coach full-time. Like, well, no, I don't even know if he Oh, you think he'd do a coordinator spot? I think he might. Okay. Uh, you know, some people said, oh, what, you know, he was a head coach in the NFL. Well, yeah, but he was given a loaded team, and it didn't quite work out. Right. And so, I mean, J.J. Watt went there. Uh, Zach Ertz went there. You, you, it, DeAndre Hopkins was there with Kyler Murray. This was pre-Kyler getting hurt. So, and I know he had little injury issues late when Kingsbury was there, but I just think that... Hey, I don't think he's that far fetched. If you if the if the price is right and you gave him the keys to the offense, he said, "Hey, here's your you're not rehabbing as an offensive analyst. You could truly right. rehab as an OC in the SEC." And that's the thing we talked about yesterday too, where I don't think that's going to happen of him coming here. But if you talk about getting everybody on board and excited about the and during the offseason, that would be it. That like would be you, it. And then also speaking of the KJ thing, I don't know if KJ is going to stay or go. If he, but it's also one of those things where I don't think if he goes, it's detrimental. But if he stays, it's detrimental. Like it's just one of those things. I could see. It depends on who the offensive coordinator is, new comes in. But if it's somebody like a Cliff Kingsbury, they may come in and be like, "Well, I, you know, I don't really like what KJ offers or what in my system, but I got I know a bunch of quarterbacks right now that'll jump into that portal and come join us that are really good. You know, so that could happen. But that's what's changed this whole thing, and that's why Sam Pittman, and in the case that he's in. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier than what it was before because of the portal, because of the NIL, because of all these things. You can completely and totally transition your team in one year, where before, you're like, oh, man, you're, we're just going to hope that these freshmen are going to be really good next year. It's like, no, 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 no. You can change it all overnight and go from being a team like Arkansas at probably 4 and 8 to next year you can go 8-4 and four in one season with a whole new roster. I don't think they'll go a whole new roster, but still, it's a lot of new faces, maybe even on the offensive side. That could happen, too. Uh, before we take a break, too, it's going to go to Roe. Guess what that means? We can squeeze in Navy Mike. What's up, Navy? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, you know, somebody mentioned Missouri earlier. That, that when me. you look at the when you look at the rankings, yeah, when you look at the rankings of revenue producing schools, the top top from the top to the lowest, um, the highest to the lowest, Missouri's dead, almost dead last. They're, I think they're only ahead of Vanderbilt. Whereas Arkansas is firmly like middle of the pack, right around seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're 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 they operate firmly in the black when it comes to sports. Like Arkansas sports makes money. Um, right. And on top of that, you know, last year, uh, the SEC payout for each school was right at $50 million. Um, with the new TV deal that kicks off next year, the estimated payout for each school is going to go up to $70 million. Where does that money go? Does it just evaporate into thin air? I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, what happens to it? You, you get it every year. It's guaranteed every year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it goes into facilities. A lot of it goes into salaries. A lot of it goes into travel, traveling. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's you know travel eighty five players in in college football. You know, was it six times or whatever a year? It's pretty pricey. So it, it doesn't just go into like the eighties pocket. Like there's there's it's very expensive to run an athletic program. I would, but you know, right. to your point, I I really think it'd be fascinating to, and I think Hunter would do it. Hey, just like produce just, the numbers, I'm just cur- just out of pure curiosity. Hey, show mm-hmm. us how how it's you know how it's used. He offered to do that to Jay Billis, and I don't think Billis has you know called him up on it. But yeah, I which think is he, such a weird thing. I know, I know. But I would love to see just a really transparent approach to. Yeah, you're right. We are getting a ton of TV money. Here's how it's broken down. He did that a little bit at the Touchdown Club this past year. He had you know some take on it where he kind of went through a few of those high points, like John just mentioned, and yeah. travel this and that, well, food, feeding all the players. Let's talk about it next year on Out of Bounds. For Dallas Cowboys football is 103.7 The Buzz. Presented by Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. America's team on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. This is David Dunn with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Did you know that in addition to being your home for heavy-duty diesel repair, we are also medium-duty specialists? Ford, Chevy, Dodge, service trucks to delivery vehicles, suspensions and after-treatment 